Welcome back. You are listening to the Truth That Heals podcast, and I am your host, Ryan Anthony Hernandez. For today's episode, we will be listening to Melody in Motion. Melody describes herself as being a digital nomad, certified by NASM for group fitness trainer, personal trainer, and nutrition coach. In the past, she was on a self-destructive path, morbidly obese, suffering from PTSD, depression, and anxiety triggered by an ex-boyfriend turned stalker. Now, after years of fighting for her health and fitness, she is in the best shape of her life. This was all due to changing her mindset, her diet, exercising, and getting help for her eating disorder. Through all of this, she has learned so much, and yet she continues to learn and improve as each year ticks by. She stays active daily and really enjoys adventures and travels. And not only is she available available for personal training and nutrition coaching virtually and in person, but she's also a veteran house and pet sitter traveling around the globe as much as possible for these opportunities. With her active lifestyle, her love for helping others achieve their health and fitness goals, and lust for travel, the the name Melody in Motion seems a perfect fit. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So before we begin playing the actual interview, just a heads up because some of the themes that will be mentioned in this interview can be very triggering and disturbing for some of the audience members. She will be uh, diving into some of the language that was used by her ex-boyfriend turned stalker, which is very abusive and threatening language, which can be very disturbing. And as you'll you'll hear in the interview, it did put her in a very dark place. But the name of this episode is Taking Back Your Power After Leaving a Toxic Relationship because that's exactly what she did. She went through so many bad things, a very toxic and dark relationship, but she was able to climb out of it. And she's going to be sharing with us how she was able to climb out of that darkness and she's going to be sharing her truth her light and i hope that you the listeners find her story to be an inspiration as i have because it's very inspiring for me being on my weight loss journey my health journey and hearing her uh, she shares how she was over 300 pounds and she made this radical decision that she needed 
to take back her, her power, take back her life. And I'm going to now play that interview so that you can also hear her story, but also hear her truth, which I hope can be very healing for the listeners. So thank you for much. And here is that interview. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to the Truth That Heals podcast. I am joined by certified uh, trainer, uh, personal trainer, nutritional coach, uh, Melody in Motion. Melody, how are you doing today? Well, I'm in sunny Mexico, <laughs> enjoying the winter uh, next to the ocean. <laughs> next to the ocean, beautiful. Mm -hmm. so it sounds very very relaxing it sounds very yes. peaceful where you're at um i wanted to start off with reminding the audience that just seven days ago because we, we are recording on january 7th so seven days ago was january 1st and on january 1st so many people decided to make a new year's resolution and for many of that people, that was to be a better person, to be a healthier person. And for many people, it was to go to the gym, to lose weight, and to be a better version of themselves. Now, I've been uh, communicating with you for about a month now, or has it been two months? Yeah. It's, it's been a bit. And I was really intrigued by your story because you share with me how there was a time when you were morbidly obese and then you made the, not just the decision, but you made the resolution that you were going to be healthy and that you were going to be at a better weight. And I kind of want to introduce your, I, I would like you to introduce your story to the audience as to how it was that you, even became uh, so you know obese at that time and how it was a struggle for you to be on this health journey. So can you share with the audience a little bit about that background? My pleasure. Thank you for having me here today. <laughs> Thank you, Melody. Um, and happy new year. Happy new, happy new year. <laughs> so my story begins uh, more than, gosh, it's more than 20 years ago now. Uh, I don't want to date myself, but yeah, it's, it's been a while uh, when I started this journey. I had went through a traumatic time with a stalker, and uh, he was quite dangerous and manipulative and relentless. And I just couldn't, um, I couldn't handle or cope with that trauma, the stress, the anxiety. I just didn't know what to do. Um, there was a lot of manipulation and, and um, control and weird things he would do to um, make me second guess myself. Am, am I really a bad person? Am I doing something wrong? And, and uh, it really was the type of relationship where when I said, I can't do this anymore, he was, if I can't have you, no one can. And it was very fatalistic, like, I'm going to end your life. And um, yeah, of course, either 
you know, keep me in your life or I will kill you. <laughs> oh, so it was very, um, it was very intense and it was really a scary time. So I used food and alcohol to numb out and to, I guess, um, cope with all that anxiety and stress. And I just didn't know how to handle it. I wasn't mentally equipped didn't have those tools in my toolbox to know, well, I should probably go talk to someone and then I should probably reach out to uh, more than just a friend and, and see if I can get help. I mean, I did get the law involved and I had a restraining orders and he would violate them and he would still find me. It was just a very vicious cycle because he actually got off on seeing me in court because he had that control to make me have to go and, and um, you know, if I wanted to, get him in trouble I had to you know get the law involved and it was like this weird manipulation weird thing like he got off on that on seeing me in court it it, it was very strange so like I was saying I used the food and alcohol and um, sleeping a lot um, just trying to avoid dealing with those feelings and next thing you know I went from being maybe like 20 pounds overweight when you leave high school because I was young I was 21 22 years old and you know you get a little bit pudgy if you're not doing all the uh, athletics anymore and you're not doing um as much and your body starts going hey you're not a teenager anymore you're gonna pack on the weight and you don't get that yet and you're still eating pizza and french fries <laughs> so I wasn't that heavy and I packed on I was over 350 pounds and I packed it on quick. Um, and of course there was some disordered eating going on there, some poor coping mechanisms going on there. Um, and I, I realized later on, I came to this self-realization later, like, oh, I think I might have an eating disorder. I think I might have issues with food. Duh, <laughs> why didn't I think of that before? Um, but really, I, I, was at one point where I was morbidly obese and living my daily life, coping and soothing myself, like I said, in destructive ways. And one day, I don't know what happened to, to all of a sudden open my eyes, but the one day I woke up and I'm getting out of the shower and I'm getting ready to get dressed and I was putting motion on my body and I saw myself in full length mirror and I really saw myself like every day I've seen myself in the mirror but I really saw myself and I freaked out it was like I didn't recognize myself and I got very upset and um, panicky like oh no you look what's happened you you're killing yourself you're not going to make it to 30 <laughs> you know I I realized um that I was in real trouble. Like I was physically in a bad way. And um, you think I would have realized that continuing to go to the, to the store and buy bigger clothes and everything, but no, I wasn't really processing what was going on. So that day when I woke up and that happened, I said, I'm going to take my power back. He had power over me. And I wanted to take that back. And so I made that resolutions, you would say, that day to 
bicycle. <laughs> Buy a bicycle. And this is like, I was doing no activity, right? I'm just driving to work and eating and going out to eat and drink with friends. That was my life. I'm sleeping. And that day I bought a bike and it was on a weekend actually. I walked to the bike store and I bought this bike and I rode it home. And I said, you're gonna ride your bike to work Melody every day, unless it's like raining or something crazy outside weather-wise and it's not safe. You're gonna ride the bike every day. I, and you're gonna gut the cupboards in the fridge and freezer of anything that would be considered unhealthy and I said, uh, no more beer, no more soda, food, no beef, no pork, no vending machine at work. Oh, <laughs> I love Cinnabon. That was my jam. Yeah. I would hit Cinnabon on my way to work. You know, I, I just love that place. So all these things that I knew, like, wait, those are treats, uh, and I don't deserve treats right now. I need to buckle down. I'm killing myself here. And I I'm, I seriously knew I was in trouble. So I, I got real um, mission oriented and I had those resolutions. And I, I think I even wrote them out. Um, yeah, and I started a food journal and it was in my food journal. Every day I was writing it down, everything I'm eating and drinking. Um, and later on, it would evolve into putting any activity I'm doing, like an exercise on the same page that I'm putting all my food and um, beverages. E even a little piece of gum or candy had to be written on there because I had to be real with myself and really see what I'm taking in. And um, in the beginning, of course, it was a much different picture than now if I food journal. Like I've evolved into a way different eating pattern and lifestyle but a time where I really didn't know what I was doing I didn't know how to do things properly I just did what I thought was right and I knew I needed to get those things to stop like <laughs> those were my pitfalls right like my oh you know soda and beer and all those heavy caloric things instead I'm going to replace them with healthy things I really had to learn how to, to eat, you know, well, because <laughs> I didn't know. Did you, have, <laughs> did you have a guide at that time or did you just uh, have the, those ideas come naturally to you where you, you started journaling your activities, your your food? Was that all you or did someone was someone there to guide you along the way? I did was my mom, you know, had done Weight Watchers off and on. And so I knew some of what I remember her doing. And the journaling was more of like, I really didn't know what I was eating. So I was like, well, if I write it down, then I can look up the calories and I can see how much I'm actually eating. Um, because Weight Watchers was all about like, you know, how many calories and, and if I can eat low caloric foods and lower fat foods, I knew that I would lose weight and I knew um, I needed to eat more fruits and vegetables like my mom would do on Weight Watchers and lean meats and stuff. So I did have uh, sort of an idea of what to do, but I ended up so 
being going from basically binge eating and compulsive overeating to like an anorexic kind of state because I was restricted too much. Mm. I didn't understand that you still need to eat enough nourishment or your hair starts falling out and your periods stop and <laughs> you feel weak and just low energy. And it was, I started getting like dark circles in her eyes and I was like, but I'm losing weight. I must be doing this right. But I didn't realize like, yeah, you can go too far into that pattern and too far over. And, and I needed to be somewhere more in the middle. <laughs> and it took a long time to, to figure out how to do that well. But I remember sitting at my desk at work, peeling the skin off of individual grapes one to spread you know like to slowly eat my food and make myself feel like I'm getting satiated or something but really I was starving myself <laughs> so it was it was really strange the behaviors I was doing um and I tried you know diet pills and uh like metabolife and, and all these other mm -hmm. diet things that were a big thing at the time uh I can't even remember them all now but I was, I was like willing to try anything and everything. Cause I, I was like, I'm on a mission. I'm going to mm. make this happen. And, and I, you know, just from biking to work, I was losing weight just from finally getting moving, you know, getting some kind of activity and then being outdoors. I didn't realize until much later, you know, having that time outside, fresh air, sunlight, hopefully, it releases these chemicals, these good hormones in our brains and our bodies that actually make us feel good, right? Mm -hmm. So not only am I getting the exercise, my body's happier, my brain is happier, my emotional state is better, like everything is, is starting to click and I'm losing the pounds and I'm feeling invigorated and excited about that about a little bit about once I get further down the road what happened with plateauing too mm -hmm. <laughs> when that happens you get discouraged but yeah okay I wanted to um kind of go back for a moment and you know to to bring context to to the stalker uh was he a family member was he a friend was he someone you were involved with was he just a stranger uh, can you add a little bit more context to that? So I met him through some friends. They said, oh, we have this friend and he thinks you're attractive. And, you know, would you like to go out with him? What do you say? And so they introduced me to him and he was very charming and he had a lot of friends and he's, he was very, um, uh, alluring in some ways where it was like well he's a cool guy everyone likes him and he, he must be awesome you know like sure let's I'll go on a date with him and see you know what happens and, and in the beginning there was weird possessive jealousy you know clingy smothering all, all that stuff you know happened down the road and it wasn't much farther down the road it was like within I don't know six seven months or something but it where it got real weird 
but uh, in the beginning it seemed like he just doted on me and he was just extra into me, you know, like very um, attentive and wanted to hang out with me a lot, but then it started getting manipulative and weird and, and all that. It evolved into something negative. <laughs> so. so at first he was uh, someone who's he was very attentive, you would say. Yeah. And he was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun and, um, but then I started getting accused of, of um, he called me a whore and a slut and accused me of getting phone numbers from other guys. I couldn't like go and do anything without him, without getting accused once I, I see him. Like I could be gone 15 minutes. I would go to the corner store and I come back and he's checking my pockets. He's checking my purse. He's looking at my pager. We had pagers then. He's like convinced that I must have got phone numbers and, you know, I'm screwing around and I'm a whore and all this stuff. It was just real weird. Um, and I would feel so low the way he would put, paint this picture of me that I would do such a thing. And, and it, it just got real uh, twisted around. And um, I, of course, I wasn't doing any of that stuff, <laughs> but it, it, it must it must be negatively. painful it must hurt having someone whom you love because you know from what i understand you know in the beginning the relationship was smooth and it was nice and then for him to just you know the switch button where he's falsely accusing you and he's becoming possessive and manipulative and he's putting you down by calling you the, the names that you mentioned and that's gotta hurt you know, especially when, you know, you've already invested time and energy with this person and you share the same friends or you share the same friends, correct? We had friends that we all hung out together and um, and they had no idea <laughs> that this was going on. Yeah. So it was a, a weird time. So uh, what was it that opened your eyes to to the fact that this guy had evolved into a toxic, it, it had evolved into a toxic relationship. I can't remember the first thing, but I know some of the things that started happening where um, there was this, you know, like if you do this, you know, if you're doing that, don't let me catch you doing that, you know, like, and I was doing nothing wrong. <laughs> there was nothing going on, but he kept accusing me of stuff. And uh, even my friends would say, Melody didn't do anything. You know, I was with her and he'd be like, oh, I don't, I don't trust them that they're telling me the truth. So basically not telling them that they're liars, but telling me like, I don't believe them what they're saying. And uh, I, I remember down the road, where when I did say, I can't do this anymore, you're smothering me, you're saying horrible things about me. And when I said, I can't be your girlfriend, I can't, I don't want to see you anymore. This is not right. That's when it was the, you know, if I can't have you, no one can. And leaving me crazy letters, um, page after page from notebook paper of rantings, um, that were incoherent at times and in sometimes in the same 
like two sentences, like how we are meant to be together and he loves me so much. And then the next part of the paragraph or sentences is, is, is like how he's going to kill me and that I, I can't live because, um, you know, we belong together. And he's, he used to say, I'm peanut butter and you're jelly and we go together. Oh my gosh. So I have friends and family that to this day, they remember listening to his voice messages and to being around this craziness. And uh, they're just like, I remember the stuff he would say to you. And it was just so out there. <laughs> it was so out there. And that peanut butter and jelly thing, they all remember that. Like that was one. And I'm sure he's done this to other women because when I did get the restraining order, his mother had a restraining order on him. I found out his um, mother of his child uh, had a restraining order on him. And I, I was just floored that this, I had no idea. I had no idea. So he was a very good manipulator, a very good liar. Uh, and, and he hid a lot of um, negative things from me. And uh, I just got the real picture as soon as I, you know, of course, his acting out and everything when I'm like, I can't do this. And, and he showed his true colors. And um, that was a, a really weird, weird thing, how it got real. Mm, you know, the threats got weirder. He would call my, my work and leave voice messages. At work. That were very at my work. My everyone at work can hear them on the voicemail, the company voicemail. Um, so my boss used to play them on the loudspeaker through the whole, like all the phones and the warehouse on the loudspeakers in the warehouse. Everyone can hear. He'd play these voice messages, and part of it was because some of it was almost comedic and and pathetic, and the other part is. He wanted them to know, like, if you see this person, he is not well and call the police. If he's, if you see this guy, um, they wanted everyone to know what kind of level of crazy that was going on there. And so I didn't mind him playing that uh, on all the, I guess, uh, intercom yeah. that would be considered throughout the whole building and the warehouse and everything. And because I, I knew it was in an effort to like have people understand what, what we're dealing with. Did you feel that the people at your work, you know, when they would play the inner, the, when they played the voicemail, did you feel that uh, your coworkers were people whom you could have uh, like uh, defend you? Did you feel safe around them? Company and I felt like they were my family, like an extension of my family, really. Yeah, so I felt safe there. Because it's very, it, it can be, you know, if if someone were to play uh, like a, a voicemail of, like, let's say, my ex at work, you know, I'd probably be a little bit pissed off. But depends, you know, um, I wasn't in, in your situation. So, you know, for some it can be embarrassing, but in your case, you know, I guess um, you, it, it's good that they had your back. And it's it's good that there are people in this world whom we can, you know, have for protection. Uh, did he ever go to your work? Uh, there was a time 
where they spotted his car out there because I told everyone like what his car looked like. Um, so if you see this car and someone acting suspicious, it's probably him, you know. Uh, but I think he only did it once that I knew of. Mm-hmm. That I knew of. I I I don't know if he did it other times because he could have had a friend drive by there. He could have been in the car with a friend, and how would I know? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like so. It, it was, um, yeah, it was a very stressful time, but at least, you know, I, I tried to change everything. I stopped hanging around with all those friends. Uh, I stopped going to the places that I used to go, my hangout spots. Um, I, I basically, I changed the color of my hair. I moved. I tried to do anything I could to be incognito and like escape evade him like I, I didn't want him to find me and um you know he had broken into my apartment he'd steal my trash go through my trash and dig through it and I had a, a mutual friend tell me that I saw randomly I saw and ran into him and he was like you know he had me bring him by your house and he stole your trash and he dumped it all out over his kitchen floor and dug through it because he was looking for evidence that you were screwing around on him and I had broken up with him months before this. And still, he was... It's mine. He's thinking, I'm still with him. I'm. There's no way I'm not going to be with him. And he's... Yeah. So it just made no... It wasn't coherent. He's not thinking like a normal, rational person. He doesn't get reality. He wasn't getting it. And it wasn't... Yeah, he wasn't well. <laughs> so... Yeah, it, it was it was weird times. And then you meant you mentioned, you know, even on top of that, he would have a certain uh, a crazy pleasure watching you go to court over him violating the restraining orders. Is that correct? Yeah. Filing in court. Yeah, that was weird. Um, and I'm shaking, like I'm violently, like I'm shaking and trembling and my stomach feels like it's turning inside out that horrible gut feeling you get when you are near something that you're repulsed by or upset by that's physically, I'm having a reaction to being around him. And then when I would leave court, I would have to worry, will he follow me? How do I get somewhere without him knowing where I'm going? And it was just, it was so stressful. I was constantly being vigilant, looking around when I'm driving anywhere, um, going outside of a building and into my car. I'm like checking everything before I even walk out the door. I'm like looking around, do I see anything? You know, I was so hyper vigilant, and I have basically PTSD from that and from him breaking into my home and trashing my whole house. And the, the voice messages he would leave on my answer machine, because I had an answer machine back then. Um, eventually, I got voicemail, but a lot of us still use answer machines. And and um, he would leave these horrible messages, and it would just make my stomach just feel sick. And I kept changing my phone number. I didn't know how he would get my phone number. It was like he was some Houdini. Like, you know, how could he keep finding me? So I took off this 
unblock, you know, you, you have the block non-published of your phone number. It's private and yes. nobody can like do 411 and get your info, right? Yeah. I paid for that anonymity, like um, an anonymity, whatever you say, like, I can't work, pronounce that word, um, where he couldn't find me. It would be unlisted, right? So off, and this is years later, I took that off because uh, an ex-boyfriend and I bought a home and I thought, well, for the last month or two, I'm living where I am before we move into the house. I'll take that off. It's just an extra thing on my bill. I probably don't need that anymore. Oh, two days later, I start getting like these like hangups on my machine. So he would listen to the whole message and then hang up. And then it evolved to breathing and then making kind of a laugh. And I recognized that laugh. And then it was leaving actual him talking on my machine and you know who this is and you didn't think I could find you type of thing oh wow I could not believe the dedication and how long how long after was this like years. it was like years. it had to be it had to be um years how many yeah, years? I was like like five years. Damn. So he was dedicated. Dedicated. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really mind blowing. Well, <laughs> to this day, I'll never. I will never use my maiden name. I. I know he'll find me. I. I know he would. It. It's just. And I don't know how many other people he's done this to. And that's the other. That's the other thing that makes my heart hurt is. I feel really terrible that he's probably done this to other people. He's probably doing it to someone right now. And um, that's what really makes me feel sick, you know, is knowing what it did to me and the, the PTSD and, you know, um, like I still to this day have a hard time sleeping mm -hmm. and I will have night terrors here and there. And they're not all the time anymore. It's gotten less and less and I've had therapy. <laughs> I wouldn't have therapy uh finally you know um and so I still have negative uh, ripple effects that happen from this person and uh and I know he's probably doing it to someone else and it, it just yeah yeah it's very sad it, it's very sad and it's uh it's very hard to talk about um however you mentioned something that I think can resonate with many people. And that is, you said, he took my power, but I decided to take my power back. It was time to take my power back. Um, can you walk us through now? I want to start getting into the, you know, the healing, uh, the healing version of you. I want to start getting into the, uh, the, the part of you that, you know, was resilient um, how was that journey? And I'm sure uh, that it, it wasn't all easy. I'm sure that there's there's many struggles, but can you walk us through uh, that journey and and how you were able to achieve your goals? Hey, my pleasure. I, 
like I was telling you, I, I bought this bicycle, right? And I'm biking to work. I'm biking on the weekends. I had a good friend of mine from my childhood that would join me for a bike ride occasionally on the weekends. And we'd ride all day. So we would pack, like, we'd have water bottles on the bikes and um, pack snacks. And then oftentimes we, if we didn't pack like a sandwich or something, we would stop somewhere and have lunch before riding back. And so we'd make a day of it. And I was so like grateful for her doing that because I really didn't have any other friends to have as a workout buddy or whatever. So it was really great when I could call her up and say, will you go with me tomorrow? Or, <laughs> you know, and so I had, I had kind of an accountability buddy in a way. Um, I mean, she wasn't really checking in on me, checking in on me, but she would call and say, you know, how are you doing? Do you want to go for a ride? And it wasn't all the time. It was mainly me calling and saying, Hey, do you want to go with me? <laughs> Cause I'm always riding by myself. And uh, so I had that and I would ride my bike to work. And I don't know if I told you this before when we were, we were talking about the story, but I was riding and I would look at it like my tires look flat. Like, why do my tires look flat? I would get off the bike and I'm like, no, the tires look fine. And I, you know, pinch the, the inner tube and I'm like, okay, there's air in them. Why does it look like they're flat? And it took me a while to realize 300 pounds, the tire pressure, you know, the tires are flattening because there's a lot of weight on the bike, you know? <laughs> that just made me pedal faster. <laughs> that just made me, I was determined. I was like, oh no, oh hell no. Um, I better ride faster. I better like, you know, it made me more determined because I was like, oh no. I didn't even know that was a thing. You know, that the that that could be a you know, because you're heavy. But I would also like have people honk and, and yell, hey fat ass. You know, and I'm on my bike pedaling, I'm trying to get fit and I got somebody heckling me saying hateful things I had people throw stuff at me I had people throw stuff at me I could not believe it I was like I'm trying to get healthy here and they are throwing hate at me and I couldn't I couldn't understand it but what it made me do is more determined it made me even more like stubborn like I'm not gonna make them make me stop heck no I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep persevering and doing what I'm doing. I need to do this for me and forget about those clowns. I, I don't know what their deal is, you know, because I was like, that just makes no sense. Why would they, they should be going. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because like, that was hard. It was hard. Seven and a quarter miles and seven and a half miles the other way back home every day. Like when you, I mean, when you're out of shape, that's like moving mountains. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's hard it is yeah it's hard you know so i didn't have an e-bike this is mm -hmm. the pedal bike regular old like uh 21 gears or something it wasn't anything fancy it was a heavy bike i couldn't afford like a nice lightweight bike or anything so it was work pedaling my butt to work and back and, and everything so like i was saying um that was part of my my stubbornness and my determination coming to the surface and i started realizing that you know what i'm 
doing this and nobody's helping me. I'm doing this on my own and I'm making it happen. I'm getting healthier. I felt so much better. I was sleeping better. I had so much more energy. I felt happy. You know, all those positive effects are happening. And just like, like I said, taking my power back and taking control of, um, of my health, you know, what I'm eating, my fitness, um, doing healthier activities. I'm trying to get together with friends and play basketball instead of going out for bottomless tortilla chips, salsa, and margaritas. Like I'm trying mm -hmm. to do like, will you go for a walk with me? Um, will you go play basketball with me? Um, doing anything like activity wise, like bowling, anything to be moving instead of just sitting around drinking and eating. Um, I was trying to be about that life and uh, not so much just sitting around shooting the breeze and having some laughs while we're stuffing our faces, you know, because that was pretty much the norm, you know, was yeah. what we all did. And I realized mm -hmm. I couldn't do that. I needed to do something different or I was not going to get my health together. So um, those were the things that I try to do. And I try to like <laughs> get other people inspired and motivated yeah. and like, hey, if I can do this, you can do this, you know. So your whole it, it, your whole life just changed. Yeah, yeah, I flipped it upside down because you know I have been in that pattern of um like oh I can eat and drink anything I want and you can't do that as you get older your metabolism changes and you're not like exercising and as active as I was in high school you know I was you know not I'm sitting on my butt all day and instead of being in the classroom I'm sitting at a job all day and. And then after work, it's like, well, let's just eat thousands of calories and, you know, drink and eat thousands of calories. And like, there's no repercussions. Like, come on. It was in fantasy land. Yeah. But, you know, it didn't catch up to me right away. It did, you know, it took a little bit of time. And then, of course, there was the, the gluttony. You know, it wasn't just like well above like what a normal person was. Because, like I said, I was using the food and alcohol to like, soothe myself and cope or whatever so i could eat a lot of food <laughs> i could put it away and i could tell you what i could eat and you'd be like what <laughs> like, <laughs> you could eat all that <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> but, well it's it's funny because like people oh, i've heard stories where, where people say man the the weight just you know snuck up on me just this overnight but you know you're making sense because sometimes you know the habits we do can be uh, going out at night with friends and, you know, having, you know, stuffing our face with chips and salsa and me, my, my main weakness, and I'm never going to give it up. Maybe I, I, it's nachos. I just love nachos so much with, ah. with, with, with yes. sour cream, with uh, some guacamole, some, uh, some frijoles and some, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm already getting into it. Uh, however, you know, bring well, watering uh, right now. I know my <laughs> damn. Amazing. It's like, geez, you know, can I get me some chips right now? But um, you know, there is because you mentioned earlier how you went to the other extreme where it was almost like anorexic, and you know, you had to find that balance. And I think for me and for even many of the listeners, I think it's important to you know find that balance. And for me, I'm taking baby steps. You know, one thing is, you know, smaller portions and and we've we've discussed uh, 
intermittent fasting and there are so many different ways of course you know for the listeners it's probably you know uh, advisable that they have a, a nutritional coach uh, and you're a nutrition coach so maybe <laughs> uh, people can refer to you sometimes um, but yeah it's, it's just so funny how you know we think all oh, that the weight just snuck up out of nowhere but yeah like you're saying our metabolism, our habits, and yeah, thank you for for bringing that up because it's a good reminder. Yeah, and, we, and and I also learned that from me restricting is do that if you if you if you're eating well and you're exercising, have the nachos, have the piece of cake, have fajitas, pizza. Just smaller portion, <laughs> smaller yeah, yeah. portion. <laughs> that's that, that's it. You mm-hmm. can still have those things um, with a reason. Like if you're diabetic or something, you have a pre-existing medical condition where you have to watch your carbs or something like that. You know, so within reason, have enjoy those things. Just have a little bit of it, right? But you can still have some of those things unless you have like a food allergy or something where you're gonna be in dire. <laughs> health by by doing it uh you shouldn't restrict and withhold those things because what happens is what i found out and a lot of people find out is once you finally give in it's like the floodgates have opened and you're like you know what screw it i'm gonna eat like eight slices of pizza that whole large pizza it's gone i'm gonna put that up and i'm gonna have a whole package of oreos and i've done this both in one sitting, the whole three rows of Oreos and milk and a large pizza with all kinds of meat on it. I did all that in one meal and in, some chips. In one meal or in one day? In a meal and some wings. There was wings and chips. Yeah, I could put it away. So you don't want to like restrict completely because then like I said the floodgates open and then you're like it's a free-for-all everything buffet style and no like governor like you got to put the brakes on a little bit and and realize okay portion portion size is like you're saying it's the key (laughs) so I realized I had to do that because like not having um ever again having any anything with sugar in it or fat or whatever because I didn't I was like restricting way too much on the the fats I should have been having more fats and more carbs and definitely more protein but I didn't know until I started like I finally went to a dietitian (laughs) went to a dietitian and a nutritionist and I started working with a personal trainer because I didn't realize um you know, I needed to, to strength train. I needed to do strength training, resistance training. It was huge help in me getting to where I am now, like to adding those things in and having a variety of things. Riding bike is awesome. But if that's all you're doing, you're, there's a lot, of, a lot of other muscles. You're not working. Uh, you get bored, you know. Um, so having a variety of things really helped me as well. Um, and definitely, like I said, strength training or resistance training, I mean, I was doing Tybo <laughs> at this Tybo videos. 
Billy Blake's and I every day, you know, and then I'm riding bike and then I started doing some weight training and with my personal trainer and they told me how to properly lift weights and, you know, that took money. I didn't have the money to do all that for a long time. I was um, not very, um, I, I didn't have extra money. I had student loan debt and, you know, so I didn't have a lot of extra money to have a gym or to let alone get a personal trainer. <laughs> so eventually um, those things kind of came together and to go, I didn't have insurance at my work for a long time at my job. I never had health insurance. So going to like the doctor alone was expensive, let alone going to a dietitian. I'm like, no, I'm not going to pay for that. So when I finally got insurance, I went and, and I got help and there was a lot of things I had no idea that I wasn't having a balanced diet, you know, and I wasn't eating enough you know of, of things and, and in general I wasn't having enough calories or enough of the uh, food groups <laughs> that I should have been having for all the rigorous exercise I was doing <laughs> so yeah it's a live and learn thing I'm still learning today I'm still learning as we go and I'm happy to be learning with you and I'm learning so much from from this conversation uh so thank you so far thank you so much um yeah uh one thing I wanted to ask, uh, because you know, right now in 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 the story that you're telling us right now, you are in the in the timeline, you are you know taking your life back physically, um, emotionally. Were you seeing uh, improvement there, or uh, how did that work for you? Yeah, I was in a much better place. Um, but you know, I, I, once I, I stopped with the anorexic phase, I kind of went to a bulimic phase and that was, um, another phase in my disordered eating history. So went from compulsive overeater to anorexic to, um, anorexic eating. Cause I never got to anorexic where I was just skin and bones, but I did have like the things that happen when you become anorexic, you know, like the dark circles from being malnourished, the hair falling out, the the um, uh, low energy, the periods stopping, um, and of course doing all the the negative behaviors with being obsessed with um, calories and um, uh, going way over the board, like with um, restricting and, and everything. And then next phase was bulimia. <laughs> so that was an interesting phase too um so i i'm at that i got to that point right and i'm i'm finally a dietitian here and there i've got the personal trainer um i don't realize that i'm bulimic i don't know that i'm using exercise to purge um because i tried laxatives and and um making myself throw up and i didn't do well with that so I used exercise uh, as my purge. So it was like anorexia athletica, they call it. I've actually done a research project on it and a speech at college about that um, topic. And I found it really weird. Like I was reading it or it described me and I was like, oh no, I have that. <laughs> I've been doing that. It was so bizarre. But uh, it, I, I realized that, um, I went from one 
place and I'm in this other zone and I'm like, I'm still not doing it right. <laughs> Darn it. I'm still not doing it right. I thought I was doing it right. And then, um, come to find out, you know, I'm still, I'm not there yet. Um, but at least I was evolving and, and, and coming to these realizations as I'm going, because you get to a certain point and you're like, I'm on a plateau. I am not losing anymore. What is going on? You know, cause I was riding high, riding that high wave, shedding weight like crazy, right? Now all of a sudden I'm bulimic, I'm doing those behaviors. And what happens? You're sure you're eating really well, right? And then all of a sudden something uh, will make you anxious or upset and I'm using food to soothe myself again. But I'm like doing a binge, right? Like blame me like binging right so i'm doing that and no matter how much exercise i'm doing it's not going to erase eating a whole bag of doritos and and then some you know because that was insane you know you, you can't sit there and, and um and just numb out and eat a bunch of high caloric food and then expect that you're you're not you're going to be plateaued. You're going to hit a point and you're going to realize, okay, I'm not losing the weight anymore. I don't understand what's going on. And it would yo-yo a lot, have this kind of like up, down, up, down within a 20 pound radius. And I'm like, why is this happening? And I, I was thinking um, once I got to a, a certain place, I, I said to myself, I feel like I have an eating disorder. <laughs> I think I should go talk to someone because I think it's maybe why I'm not losing weight anymore. And it took years, years for me to realize that I'm talking like probably a good seven, eight years of being bulimic before I realized, wait, I think I'm, I've got problems with food <laughs> still. <laughs> so I went and I talked to um, a psychologist and I, in, in uh, eating program where it was for people that wanted to lose weight um there was a, a group and it was overseen by psychologists and i wouldn't talk to him on a one-on-one -on -one and i said uh, i think i need to talk to someone about i think i might have an eating disorder and he asked me some questions and and then he agreed with me he said i think you would benefit from going and talk to someone i'll refer you so um at this point i got referred to an eating disorder specialist and uh, she had quite the waiting list and I had to read a book uh, that she has all of her potential patients read before she'll even make an appointment with them so I did that and reading that book is called uh eating a delight of the moon <laughs> and it was, yeah and it was for women specifically uh, she might have had a different book for for men that she treats but um, it was, it just really resonated with me. And it was like reading about myself going through all the different phases. And I was like, I definitely need to talk to someone. It, it solidified my thought is like, yeah, I need help. <laughs> so I went in and, um, and got help for my eating disorder and learned what my triggers were, um, learn healthy ways to, um, modify my behavior and use healthy coping mechanisms when I would get upset. So I really have had a, an interesting road so far to this point where I'm like coming to self-actualization of like realizing okay 
I think I'm not losing any more weight. I'm not making progress. I feel like um, I'm damn, I'm self-destructive. Like mm -hmm. there's something I'm doing wrong. And so once I went and got help for that, it was like, off that plateau, I actually started losing again because I was able to, to stop myself um, after I would start a binge. I knew how to um, get out of it, like snap out of it before I had ate so much that my side hurt and I felt like I was gonna burst, you know, like, cause it, I actually physically would eat till I'm physically ill. And it was so uncomfortable that um, I would want to try to throw up and I couldn't do it. I just wasn't, I couldn't do it. I was not good at doing that. <laughs> so I would just be in pain in miserable pain and have just horrible pain and um, like sweating and just feeling so sick from, um, of course, cause I've just ate a bunch of bad food, <laughs> but you can binge on a bag of baby carrots a huge bag of baby carrots because I did it yeah. <laughs> I know I know you can binge on healthy stuff too and make yourself sick so um that was another part in my evolution of <laughs> of getting to wellness um uh, is getting help from uh an eating disorder specialist and and then of course learning how to to stop myself from from doing those things and finding out why through therapy why these behaviors developed in the first place because it came from childhood it, it wasn't uh it wasn't a thing that just came on from the stalker the behavior and the soothing me mechanisms and everything were there in my childhood and then I used them as an, an adult a young adult when I had the stalker so the behavior and all that was already there before um, so it had developed very young, so, but I had no idea, <laughs> you, you know, if you're, if you're active enough and you're like compensating with fitness or, or moving around and you have a better metabolism or whatever, you, you can go up and down in your way and you don't really realize what's going on, but it, it caught up with me <laughs> eventually. So it was really a journey. I mean, it was a long journey from what I'm hearing. It wasn't yeah. just, a, it wasn't just, over, you know, because like I posted like a, a day ago on, on Twitter, like a meme and the meme was something like, you know, I, I make resolutions to lose weight and I go to the gym, but like, yeah, you only go once and you expect to see like quick, instant results and that's what everyone wants you want that instant uh not gratification i mean i guess it is gratifying to see to see you in a you know to see oneself in a healthier body but it's just not realistic that it's going to be overnight it does it does take time and you know as you're as you're sharing your story you know i'm also thinking about you know my own health journey and i also invite the listeners to you know stop and you know analyze their health journey if they're in a position where uh they're they are struggling because you're not alone listeners you know if you're listening to this you are not alone and the process from uh melody's uh testimony it, it's it really is a process but 
it helped you and you said earlier you know you evolved and now who are you who are you today can you share a little bit more about now who are you at the present moment so when you were talking about that when you were just saying what you're saying it made me think of something that instant gratification comment certain point and I was still with that um, special group of people with the hospital and that program to um, help uh, lose weight so we're not obese anymore um, and I joined that program and that's how I was referred to the eating disorder specialist well I, the program you if you had pre-existing conditions and you were overweight you could um, get lap band surgery or um, gastric bypass. And I wanted that. I wanted to do that. I was so tired of fighting. And I thought, well, that will definitely get me to my goal weight to have weight loss surgery. I wanted it so bad. And I was qualified. I was qualified. And they said to me that I was within something like 12 pounds of being disqualified. They said, you are right on the, the edge of not being eligible because you have lost so much weight. Um, but I had gastric reflux and high blood pressure still, and I was still considered overweight, um, obese still. I'm, I'm considered obese now. and <laughs> I've lost 170 some pounds. So I don't know. Um, but I never thought I would get under 200 pounds. I didn't even think it was possible. I, I was always I told, well, you're big boned. You know, it, it, you might not ever get there. And I didn't think it was ever possible. So when they offered that gastric bypass, I was sold. I said, oh my God, that was so cool. Because I could keep eating the way I had learned to eat because I learned how to eat well. I learned how to exercise well. I learned how to stop myself from binging, right? So I was like, I'm ready. I want that. And they talked me out of it. They said that I was so close that I had it within me to make it. I could do it. And they said, you just got to keep, you just got to keep doing what you're doing, Melody. It's going to happen. You're going to get there. And I wanted to cry. I wanted to cry because... I was so like convinced that that was going to be, that was going to get me there. And I'm almost want to cry now. Cause I remember how, like, I was so set on doing that. And they were like, but it's so much better if you don't have someone go and tinker around in your insides, you know, and then it modifies how you eat. You, you will have to restrict certain things. You can only eat a tiny amount. And and you know, you'll have to stay away from having a treat that you like. Like I love cake with buttercream icing and they're like, or frosting. And they're like, you realize that would make you sick, right? You wouldn't be able to eat that rich food. And if you just keep doing what you're doing, you won't have to restrict that stuff. You can have things when you want it, just have smaller portions like you're doing, just keep doing what you're doing. And I wanted, I wanted that easier fix because I was tired of fighting. <laughs> it's been years now and I'm like oh my gosh so not to cut on anyone that has done that I mean it it saves people like from it can save people like that are in a way where 
they need that to save their life. You know, uh, they need a drastic something, right? But they said, you've learned how to eat well. You've learned how to exercise. You're doing it. Just keep going, keep going. And I, I was like, at first I was angry and I wanted to cry and everything. And I was pouting about, I was pouting. I'm calling my friends and family and I'm like, would you believe that they don't want me to do it? And, and I was so upset. And, you know, I eventually realized that I couldn't live without cake and buttercream icing. <laughs> it just wasn't possible. And I said, all right, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to keep going. And, and, uh, of course, of course, even from the beginning, I had this idea like that I would lose weight and I would be thin faster than it happened. Um, but the journey didn't go that way. And in what happened, the evolution that happened, happened for good reason. Like I think it was right that I did things wrong to learn how to do it right. I think that was how I was supposed to do it in order to really heal. Like mm. eating disorder I had and not really <laughs> realizing I had that and um, going in and questioning and, and saying, you know what, I think, I think there's something I'm doing. I think I'm doing something wrong. And I think I might have unhealthy relationship with food and all that stuff wouldn't have happened if I um, hadn't done things the way that I, that I did them. So for me personally, my journey, it, it was right for me. And yeah, I wanted gratification faster. <laughs> well, you know? I mean, it, it, not, there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? And, you know, I, when, when I, when I mentioned instant gratification, I meant like, you know, like, you know, bewitched, you know, you just snap your fingers and then boom, you know, your yeah. you, sex, <laughs> sexy body, you know, I want to, I want to do a spin and like, you know, look at me, but Hey, that's not, you know, even if you, you know, do surgery, there's still the recovery, the healing, and then maybe physical therapy, depending. Um, but yeah, it's just so helpful that you're able to share your story because it's not, it's not a walk in the park. It's a real, just, there's mountains that you've climbed and, uh, you know, from a bad relationship to bad habits to people throwing things at you and calling you fat ass instead of, you know, cheering you on and saying, you know, you got this, you know, you can do it. You know, you still didn't allow those haters to keep you down. And I think that's very inspirational because, you know, sometimes like in, in, in my situation, or those who I'm engaging with currently, a lot of people whom I know have suffered, uh, you know, bullying. And then that keeps many people from, I don't want to say progressing, but it, I, I feel that it keeps many people from, uh, from aiming high because sometimes those comments which were made uh, kind of echo in in the mind and it keeps you know it's it kept me for a while thinking i i can never do anything great in my life i'm only uh i can only do so much but you know listening to you it, it gives that hope that you know what they can piss off 
I, if I want to do something, I know it's healthy for me. I know it's good for me. I know what they said is bullshit. I'm going to do it. And you had your failures. You had, I mean, just hearing your story, it, it was just, you know, I'm, I'm listening and it's like, it's not a, a linear uh, story. It's not just, you know, from point A to point B, there's just so many stops along the way where you said that you were anorexic, uh, bulimic, and then uh, how, you know, you, but you did seek help. You did seek uh, therapy and you went to a dietitian. So it's just very helpful for me and for the audience to hear from you share that, that you, pers- that you stayed committed and i think that's very inspirational and i wanted to thank you for sharing that because it helps me and i'm sure it helps the audience so thank you so much melody i gotta tell you something that just made me think of that um the thing about getting discouraged and having like the worry about going into the gym because i felt like everyone is watching me and everyone in there is fit and healthy and I'm fat and everything is jiggling. I feel super self-conscious, right? I was so scared and nervous to go into the gym. Um, my clients now, when I'm personal training, I know what it's like to be that person walking into the gym feeling like I'm getting scrutinized. Everybody is looking at me. And, and for... Someone might look over at you, but it's not like looking at you to scrutinize you. It's more like, I wonder if I know that person and they look over at you. And because in your mindset, you think that everyone is like looking down on you. You have this whole thing in your brain, like it's a negative look or something, but it's probably an innocent someone looking at you because I can tell you now, like I've been in a lot of gym situations over the years and people aren't really looking at you looking at you maybe they're looking at you because they think you're attractive maybe they like your outfit maybe they think your sneakers are cool or maybe they're like right on you're in the gym you're doing it it's not in our brain that we have to change our thinking we have to realize like it's not always going to be the worst thing you're thinking you have to somehow switch it around and think positive because you don't want to have that negative thinking continue because what it does is it holds you back. It holds you down, right? You want to elevate yourself. So you have to kind of like flip that on its head and say, you know what? They are looking at me because they love my, my outfit that I'm wearing, like this new workout outfit I picked out to help me stay motivated or, or my new sneakers are pretty dang cool or, or whatever it is. Maybe you just got your hair done and your hair looks like banging and, Everybody's like, yeah, that looked the haircut or whatever. So think positive. And then what happens is you let all that negativity just kind of like dissipate. And you get to the work, working on you. That's what you're there for. Keep your eye on the prize, right? You know what I'm like? Right. You're there for you, not for them. Forget about them. They're going to do what they're going to do. So I always feel like, you know, I've been that person going in the gym feeling like, oh my gosh. You know, it's so self-conscious, but you just, you know, whether it's the gym or going for a walk or a bike ride, whatever, forget about the haters. Like you said, just you do what you need to do for you. And 
all of this, all of this stuff is an evolution. Um, it's learning a new lifestyle. Like my lifestyle was nothing like it is now. So I've evolved over the years and figured out like what works for me. Um, what type of fitness do I like? Don't do anything you don't like to do just because you know, it's healthy. If you don't like swimming or you don't like going into a gym and you prefer to go for a walk or a, a bike ride or um, a hike or something, or maybe you're into doing martial arts or whatever, you're into gardening or, or something, anything to keep fitness uh, fit, fit and active, right? So active things where you're not just sitting around watching Netflix or playing video games or um, going shopping. You're actually like doing something that gets, gets you fresh air, maybe um, movement, you know, and sorry, I'm going to sneeze, I think. Um, but those things, those are exercise too. You know, and you don't need to go into a gym for an hour at a time. You can go and do like a 15 minute walk now, a 15 minute walk later on in the day. That's a half an hour that you, you've devoted to getting some movement in. So you start somewhere, right? And then you start building it into your, into your schedule. So um, maybe you're like, okay, every day I'm going to do 15, 20 minutes of something. You got to start somewhere, right? So you get in the habit of making that a priority, making your fitness and your health a priority, uh, whether that's, um, uh, like I said, going for the walk or maybe uh, doing some food prep, you know, because not everybody can afford to do those meal, healthy meal things where people make up the meals that are made up for you already and everything, you know, not everyone can afford to do that. So maybe you're spending that time making some healthy meals and uh, maybe going for a walk after dinner or something. I don't know. But you just have to start changing your lifestyle. And that's how I got to where I am now. I wasn't a personal trainer. I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything what I was doing. So that came later. That was only like the last three years. Um, nutrition coach is the most recent thing. And I find it fascinating, um, the whole nutrition sciences. It's, it's really, really cool. Could I ever be a dietitian and go to that level? I don't know. But it's very fascinating. So I just wanted to share that about like what you said about the haters and definitely about how it's an evolution. And so you might have these resolutions to do like something so simple and then it evolves into doing something that I'm doing now, which is I, I do some sort of exercise every day and I, I eat healthy every day, but it doesn't mean I don't have cake. <laughs> I have my cake and I eat it too, but you know, it's all about balance. So I really, really thank you for letting me share some of my story. <laughs> thank you, uh, Melody, for, you know, for joining us here on the show. I was lucky to have met you. Um, it was just uh, unexpected, uh, but we, you know <laughs> it, 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 totally unexpected but you know you had a story and i felt that it was just uh it, it's i think i think your story is is needed to be heard by people who are on a healing journey such as as i am and other people because you know it's not always you know just uh eating habits there are other uh forms of healing that people are going through and just the journey can just be so hard. And it's like, you know what? Maybe, maybe that guy was right. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, my 
X was right, or maybe that person who hurt me, you know, all the all the bad things that they were saying, the bull, the bullies, you know, maybe they're right. So I'm just gonna give up. Uh, but your story shows just perseverance and commitment, and I applaud you for doing such a an amazing journey. And if if people want to uh, learn more about you. No stalkers, please. But if people want to learn more about you, where can they find you? <laughs> um, well, I do have an email. Um, and I have my my um, email is contactmelodyinmotion at gmail. But I have um, a public Facebook page where I, I post um, videos and, and photos of my journeys on my um, pet sitting and house sitting adventures because I am a full-time nomad now. Okay. Um, so, uh, I still exercise daily, no matter, you know, even though I'm traveling and I'm upsetting my routine every day, I'm upsetting my routine. I've got to figure out a way to get exercise in, I've got to find a gym or I've got to find a way to, to, to do a workout and, and adapt and overcome all the obstacles that come from constant change in my, my daily life. I'm sleeping in different places. I'm traveling. I'm, you know, so I have shared on facebook melody in motion is my public page so we don't have to be friends or anything you'll find me on there um and i'm also on um instagram and on tiktok as well so i post content on, on those mediums and i don't know what i'm doing i've only been doing this since march so i'm in evolution as far as learning how to do all the stuff on social media but I think I'm getting better. <laughs> so it, you'll see probably from my beginning videos how it's it's improving compared to my most recent ones. But I would love for you to, to follow my journey and uh, to, to instant message me if you if you felt inspired or if you have questions um, that you feel like maybe I can help you with. Um, and of course, I am a personal trainer. I do virtual personal training and I do nutritional coaching. So maybe I can help you. Uh, you never know. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And I'll leave all of that on the on the show notes. So if someone is interested and maybe you'll get some clients, you know, like and as you said, it's it's virtual, so all the more convenient. So thank you so much, Melody. Uh if you have do you have any final words to close off this uh podcast episode? Yes, yes, please. Um, with with everyone that makes these resolutions, New Year's resolutions, um, I I say if it has to do with bettering your health and fitness, I hope that all of the encouragement and the tips I've given you will help you, you know, to to stay the course and don't give up. Because I, I know a lot of people were like, "Well, I blew it. I blew it already, and I didn't I didn't do what I said I was going to do." Don't let that derail you. Like <laughs> I would fall off the horse like repeatedly, but you know, I determination, you have to stay determined and do it for you. Don't do it for anyone else. Just do it for you. And that's the way it's going to stay. Like if you're doing it for someone else, it's not going to last. But if you're doing it for yourself, then you, you are going to empower yourself and you are going to feel so good you're gonna feel so good and yeah it's gonna be hard and you're gonna have hiccups life happens 
But I was just gonna say, just don't give up on those resolutions. And next thing you know, you're doing it and you're inspiring other people. So I hope that I've done that here today. <laughs> so thank you so much. And to the listeners, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we were here with Melody in Motion and I am Ryan Anthony Hernandez on the Truth That Heals podcast. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you for listening. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at the Truth That Heals podcast or the Truth That Heals pod. And you can find me also on YouTube at the Truth That Heals podcast. Feel free to subscribe, to like, to comment. And if you would like to be a guest on the show, feel free to reach out preferably on Twitter and I'll get back to you as soon as possible and hopefully we can arrange something and hey let's do a collaboration let's work together and let's make this world a better place